This is Steal This Sermon number 199. Everybody needs a Mary Collins. So, a priest, a minister, and a rabbi walk into Hart's Bar on the rough and tumble south side of Chicago. Sorry, this is not a joke. The three holy ones grab a table and order three of Hart's special of the night, which is the special of every night, a beer and a bump, the Hart's way. Now, now, not all of our holy men are manly enough to take it the heart's way, which is to drop the shot glass into the beer mug and drink it in one gulp. But they favor the B&B anyway. The minister took a small sip of beer inside. A man came in to plan his father's funeral today. I asked the man to tell me a little bit about his father so I could pad out the eulogy at the service. The rabbi and the priest nodded knowingly. After I tell the tale, I will need you to advise me, my friends. Well, the rabbi nodded sagely, and Father Ken said, Sure, we can help you. Between Malachi and I, we've done thousands of these, and we've heard it all. So, Pastor Bob began. I said to the man, tell me about your father. I'm sure he was a good man. The son, his name was Tom, looks at me and says, I really don't know that. You tell me when I'm done. I feel a great obligation to honor my father, just like the commandment says. After all, he gave my life to me. How could I not honor him? And yet... It was like pieces of him were missing. I never saw him do, and I never heard him say an unkind thing. Well, I interrupted him at that point to say, well, that's wonderful, thinking this is a thread I can work with. But Tom continued, I also never saw him do, and I never heard him say a single kind thing. He somehow just plain didn't think that way. It never ever occurred to him to do so. Not once did I see it. People weren't good or bad in his eyes. They were just either useful or not useful. Everything was practical. Nothing was emotional. Nothing was sacred to him. He addressed each new day as, How do I get through this? It was never, Where am I going? Or what should I do? Or how will this affect someone? Is that a terrible thing to say, Pastor Bob? Well, before I could answer, Tom went on. Now, my dad was super smart. But you know, he got every small thing right, but he also got every big thing in life wrong, including his family. It was like he missed his own life and then didn't even notice it. It was like he had a God-sized hole in his heart. Pastor Bob, have you ever read Don Quixote? Well, I nodded since I had read it many times. And Tom said that as he watched his father's last hours, he was reminded of the lines in that book that said, I wondered not why he was going to die, but rather why he had ever lived. And then... I remembered the final beautiful lines of Don Quixote about the good Don. 
He gained from this world little prize, and he was seen as a fool in his fellow men's eyes. But he had the wisdom in his age to live a fool and die a sage. Well, you know what, Pastor Bob? For my dad, this would have to read. He gained from this world many a prize and was seen to be a success in many men's eyes. But he gained no wisdom in his days and he lived a life that was a waste. And Tom fell silent. Pastor Bob paused before he said, What in the world do I do with that? I really need the wisdom of you men. Well, Father Ken smiled and said, Well, my advice is ask him if he's got any siblings I can talk to. He gave you a big pile of bupkis to work with. And Father Ken called for another round for the table. So very Catholic, thought Pastor Bob. Rabbi Malachi was silent, keeping his counsel. When there was a fresh round of drinks before them, the good rabbi began. Bob, the eulogy is for the living. As your guy Jesus said, let the dead bury the dead. Tell them a story that will, God willing, lead them to a wiser, better, and holier life than this foolish man chose to live. Let's call this story, Everyone Needs a Mary Collins. Now, Pastor Bob, here's the deal. If Mary's absolutely true story is good enough that you can weave it into your eulogy, you'll buy us thirsty men of God a round of Tom Collins highballs in honor of Mary's clan. Pastor Bob smiled and agreed. So the rabbi began. Now this story was told to me by a ginger member of your Irish tribe, Father Ken. The hero of our story is a middle-aged woman named Jean. Her heart had been damaged beyond repair by a series of viruses. She was breathless and exhausted as her lungs and heart steadily weakened day by day. Her doctor had tried every possible treatment and had finally told Jean, medicine can no longer help you, Jean. I'm going to send you to someone else who is not a doctor, someone who has helped other patients of mine. Her name is Mary Collins, and she's a therapist of sorts. Go talk to her, Jean. Jean was filled with sadness at the news. She was also reluctant to go see Mary because Jean knew that her husband would laugh at the very idea of some kind of voodoo therapy. Jean, a devout Catholic, was used to prayer as her path through hard times. But like her heart, this was failing her too. Jean went to see Mary because she had always done what was expected of her. She had lived a good life. She had been a good wife. She had been a great mother. Once again, she would do what was expected of her. Of her. She would do what she had been told. She would see Mary. Well, it started poorly. The burning candles, the scented incense, the prisms, and the weird music made her unbelievably skeptical of this whole Mary thing. 
What was the doctor thinking? Oh, how her husband would think her silly even being here. Well, when Mary told Jean that they were going to talk, while Mary massaged her failing body, Jean wanted to bolt. She wanted to run through the door without even bothering to open it. The doctor never mentioned this kooky massage stuff. What was she thinking? But some instinct told her to stay, so she reluctantly disrobed and got on the table. Jean was so tired, so very tired. Her heart was barely pumping despite huge amounts of powerful drugs. What am I doing, she thought. What in the world am I doing? Mary's touch was strong and soothing. So was her voice. They talked, and Jean found herself actually sharing things that she felt, including her fear. Jean had always found it hard to share her feelings, and the people in her life rarely wanted her to do so, usually wanted her not to do so. Her role was to give and to serve, not to receive and to be served by another. Rare indeed was her experience receiving gentle touch or hearing gentle words. There was an energy and a power that came into Jean through Mary's hands and Mary's voice, and Jean responded to it deep inside of herself. It was quite a session. Now, at the end of it, Mary sent her home with two assignments to complete before their next session two days later. No matter how exhausted her body was, Jean was to listen to the same soothing reiki music she heard during the session while she meditated, and she was to journal what she felt throughout the day. This too sounded silly to Jean, but she complied and thought, you know, maybe there's something here. What the heck? Her routine of daily mass had for some time left her untouched. No one was more surprised than Jean. But Mary's new way brought to her a peace and a clarity that was deep and that was true. It even seemed to reduce her constant pain and exhaustion. Her sessions with Mary went on for six weeks. She wrote and she meditated, and through those two lenses, combined with Mary's seemingly magic touch and sharing, Jean found a peace that she had never known before. And then, boom, her heart stopped for good. It finally wore out. The medic said she was dead before she hit the floor. Her family grieved her. Mary Collins grieved her. Her life was over. Sometime later, her daughter was sorting through Jean's things. She found the journals Jean had kept. In them, she found both the depth of her mother's pain, which she did not know, and the wild growth of her mother's soul in those final weeks, which she sensed but did not know the source of. In it, she found that her mother had reached the final acceptance of the pending end of this world and a growing joy in her expanded soul that was trapped within this falling body. Jean wrote in the language of Reiki, but her words expressed an idea that she had learned in her youth. 
the Magnificat. My soul magnifies the Lord. Yes, it surely did. Thanks to Mary Collins, Jean had found a peace that had been long eluding her. It was not where she expected it to be. Jean had found it by take, taking a detour onto a new path, a path Mary Collins had showed to her. We can all do this. We can all find that path. Rabbi Malachi then concluded, well, that's all I've got. The other two padres were silent. Finally, Pastor Bob smiled and said, I think I get it. This poor man's funeral is really about giving hope to the living. His fellow cleric shouted, Amen, brother. And the good rabbi shouted to the barkeep, In honor of Mary Collins, bring us a round of Tom Collins highballs. Make them doubles and put it on Father Pastor Bob's tab. When the drinks arrived, all the holy men bowed their heads and joined in Pastor Bob's toast. Or was it a prayer? Everybody needs to have a Mary Collins in their life. Amen. Hallelujah.